0: Welcome to the Joe Watt Podcast. I am Joe Vendramini from the Range Cattle Research and Education Center and today our guest is Dr. Maria Silveira. Maria, thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Uh, Maria, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you?
1: Yeah, sure. My name is Maria Silveira. I'm a soil scientist at the Range Cattle Research and Education Center in Mona. I've been in this position for about 12 years now. And I work primarily with beef cattle producers on issues related to uh, soil, soil fertility, water quality. um, And I also have partners um, with the environmental and regulatory agencies in the state.
0: And in the last uh, Florida Academy's meeting that we had, the quarterly meeting, uh, we talked a little bit about the importance of biosolids as a source of fertilizer for grasslands. And I would like you please to define for us biosolids. Sure, yeah, there, some of
1: you may ha- have heard different terminology to refer to biosolids, but I, I want to just take a step back and clarify the difference. So when the domestic wastewater is treated, it uh, basically produces two byproducts. One is the effluent and one is the sewage sludge. When the sewage sludge goes, uh, undergoes further treatment, The material that can be land applied is called biosolids. So biosolids is the sewage sludge that uh, went through additional treatment so it can be safely applied to land. And the terminology, the term biosolids, was created in the early 90s by the um, wastewater treatment industry to differentiate this material that has a very high quality uh, from the raw sludge that's being produced by these different municipalities. So there are different treatments that uh, can generate biosolids. Anaerobic digestion, um, uh, dewatering, heat drying. So there are different ways to produce this um, material that we call biosolids.
0: And can you please uh, tell us what are the different types of biosolids?
1: Sure. Uh, So biosolids in Florida, uh, they are subject to federal, state, and in many cases, local ordinances as well. So in Florida, we most common types of biosolids we're going to find is class B and class AA. The class B is the material that's most commonly land applied and the major crops that receive biosolids application are citrus and pastures. Uh, Class AA many times they are uh, labeled and marketed as fertilizer. So if you look at the annual production of biosolids in Florida, we produce about 300,000 dry tons of material biosolids material per year. About two thirds of that, uh, or roughly 200 dry tons, are land applied. So the the different the difference between Class A and Class B is the pathogen level. Uh, the Class A contains um, pretty much non-detectable level of levels of pathogen, So there's no restriction. Class B, even though the, the biosolids are treated, uh, there's some still some um, Small levels of pathogens, so it requires uh, some. Uh, there's some additional requirements that are imposed when the land receives a Class B biosolids. For instance, for pastures, there's a 30-day grazing restriction for Class B biosolids. In terms of nutrient concentration, the Class AA or Class B uh, doesn't doesn't basically doesn't cover the nutrient concentration. So you can have um, Class B materials that are equally from the Nutrition perspective equally good as a class double A material.
0: And um, why there is a, a public concern about the use of biosolids in in grasslands?
1: The issues related to biosolids, like you said, uh, a lot of a lot of those issues are uh, perception, not necessarily. Um, Real uh, risks associated with health, human health, or even environmental impact. The first issue is odor. Uh, depending on how the biosolids being treated, uh, odor is not very pleasant. So neighbors usually they they are concerned about that potential odor that can um, can they can come from a site that's being receiving biosolids. Even though there's no direct human impact, but there's that nuisance issue related to odor. Uh, and there are other things that are no longer relevant for us, for instance, heavy metals. Heavy metals in the early 70s were a concern. In fact, my relationship with biosolids dates back in the, in the, from the 90s. I did my uh, graduate work with um, biosolids, and my thesis, my, I'm sorry, my PhD dissertation was on heavy metals in biosolids. But... That was, I'm originally from Brazil, and biosolids in Brazil contain high loads of heavy metals. In the United States, there's been a number of regulations that eliminated, basically eliminated uh, heavy metals in biosolids. So uh, in the U.S., heavy metals uh, in biosolids are no longer a concern, but the perception is, still remains. Um, other concerns are um, environmental impact, uh, potential for biosolids to af- uh, negatively affect water quality, And I want to remind again, there's uh, land application of biosolids are subject to three levels of regulations, like I said, federal, state, as well as local ordinances. So those regulations are intended to protect the environment. So there's a number of um, steps that need to be uh, followed in order to apply biosolids. One of them is a nutrient management plan, so the amount and the frequency of Biosolids application need to need to match the crop requirements so to minimize any potential impact on the environment. One good thing about biosolids is uh, I'm not sure if you're gonna ask me the benefits, but we talk about the all the negative and the negative impact and perception, but the, there are multiple benefits. It contains biosolids contains um, important um, nutrients for plants, for instance, nitrogen, phosphorus. Sulfur, micronutrients also contain considerable amount of organic matter which is very important for our Florida soils. Our soils are very poor in organic matter, often exhibit a very limited nutrient and uh, water holding capacity. So biosolids, if it, again we're talking about proper management of biosolids, they can improve soil quality because they add not only nutrients but also organic matter which are very difficult to accumulate in Florida soils. And it's a, if, it, if it's following the proper regulation, is a safe and uh, environmental safe, as well as economic um, sound management practice.
0: Um, and there was in the past some concerns about the soil pH when you add biosolids. Um, what is the situation with the adding biosolids, the relationship with uh, uh, changing soil pH?
1: Well, some of the folks listening to this podcast may have actually experienced this issue. Uh, in the past, the most common way to treat sludge was by applying ca- uh, calcium carbonated materials or liming. So, those materials, those biosolids were called lime stabilized biosolids. And the pH of those materials was very high in the 12, uh, 11, 12 range. And if we remember that we we're applying to pastures, most of the pastures that we grow, the forages that we grow in Florida uh, are warm season grass. They, they prefer a more acidic pH. So the recommended pH for most grasses are around five and a half. So over application of this calcium or lime stabilized uh, material result in a dramatic increase in soil pH in many places in the state. I think the most common area was in central Florida. And the issue was well, forage cannot grow in that high pH. So when you when exceed pH seven, bahia grass, for instance, it doesn't bahia grass doesn't perform well in that high pH condition. Uh, Unfortunately, there's not an easy uh, solution for that problem for these areas that received over application of lime stabilized material. Uh, There's not a soil amendment that can very quickly reduce the pH and bring the pH back to the desirable level. Uh, Calcium Calcium, uh, calcium stabilization is no longer a common treatment process. There's still some facilities that do lime stabilization, but it's it's becoming more scarce because it's more difficult for the municipality to dispose the material. However, if it's properly applied, it contains that liming effect. So we're talking about over application. But let's say in a more uh, ideal situation, if it's properly managed, it can it can it, uh, biosolids. This, this type of biosolids can have a liming effect. So, it can be positive uh, in terms of bringing uh, very acidic soil to the desirable pH conditions.
0: And if you you have to summarize the current information that we have in the literature about biosolids application in Florida, can you give us a a very brief overview of the effects of biosolids on, on Florida pastures?
1: Uh, sure, there, there's been decades of research on biosolids in Florida. There's plenty of, there's professors, colleagues that in, uh, at UF that dedicated their entire career on biosolids. However, most of the previous studies, and if you look at the scientific literature, you're gonna see that most of the studies were done in a very controlled situation. So we're talking about laboratory incubations, greenhouse studies, some uh, maybe some rainfall simulations. These are uh, very important um it's very important information that this study is generated however translate that information to real field conditions can be often problematic there has been very few field studies evaluating both the agronomic and the environmental impacts of biosolids application to florida pastures so that's what we're trying to address that gap um, again it's important to address both the impact on the production as well as water quality, which seems to be the most important one. And yeah, in terms of the publication, I know that many of you might not have access to that scientific literature, but there's been also some extension material, some education we're uh, trying to provide as much as, Information to maybe overcome that public perception. So, for instance, there's num- a number of uh, EDIS publication. EDIS is, a, is a extension publication for University of Florida. There's one particular one that I wrote. It's uh, the title is "Utilization of Biosolids in Forage, forage Production Systems in Florida." We discuss the t- different types of biosolids and regulations, etc. So, there's quite a number of um, educa- uh, extension materials available out there.
0: And can you please describe what are the current research projects that you have with biosolids? Sure.
1: Uh, as I mentioned, I'm collaborat- currently collaborating with a number of agencies. Florida Academy Association was a very generous. Uh, They've been funding a field study that's been conducted at ONA. Uh, it's a very well instrumented site. So we, we spend quite a bit of uh, money uh, on instrumentation. So we have. Um, lysimeters to uh, monitor water quality. We have soil moisture sensors. We have gas chambers that we're periodically collecting gas samples. Um, let me think what else. We have, um, we have pressure transducer to monitor the water table depth. And we're measuring, like I said, it's also important to measure the forage production. So we are currently on the third year of that study. Every year we apply different biosolids. Different from different uh, treatment uh, facilities, and we are harvesting the plots. And uh, I, I, I forgot to mention these are bahia grass uh, pastures. And we monitor the forage responses, soil responses, as well as the environmental um, potential environmental impact on uh, on water quality and greenhouse gas emissions. So we have a PhD student that's fully dedicated to this project. Uh, as I said. Uh, We are in the third year of the study, that's another thing with field studies. There's so much climatic variability from one year to another, we have to monitor these responses for a number of years to make a a more reasonable conclusion. Uh, Another study I also involved collaborating with the Water Management District, St. Jones um, Jones River Water Management District. We run a number of rainfall simulations on their uh, predominant biosolids that's being applied to the St. John's uh, Basin, just to determine if there's any difference in terms of the potential for those biosolids material to become a source of uh, phosphorus to the watershed. Um, and it, we are still in the analyzing the data, so none of this information has been um, published yet. Some we have summarized, so if you are interested, we published some of the preliminary results in the Cetamins magazine, uh, but the scientific paper will be Uh, available soon
0: and uh, we are going to towards the end of our interview today i would like to thank you for for participating in the podcast sure my pleasure and i am joe vendramini joe what